0: Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we break down and discuss this weekend's hot picks and bold predictions. We are dedicated to covering all the best sporting events taking place from Wednesday to Sunday, and this weekend is no different. Tonight we are missing Champagne Chauncey. He couldn't be with us, but we will see you next week, Chaunce. However, I am joined by Andres the Cavalier King and Bryant First Prize Flores. Gentlemen, 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 welcome back. Welcome back to another jam-packed episode. In this week's episode, we are going to discuss MLB playoffs, the NBA tips off, hockey is back, maybe Andres has a soccer pick or two for us, and a little bit of boxing. So just like every episode, we like to start off the show with a hero or a headline extremely close and extremely dear to our hearts, and it doesn't get any more dear to my heart than my beloved, but mostly hated. Dallas Cowboys. Now, I say that because I've been a Cowboys fan since I was a little kid. I grew up on a ranch with no cable. And every Sunday, the Cowboys were the only game that I can, you know, basically watch with no cable. So I love the Cowboys. And of course, in the 90s, they were good. And um, they haven't been good since. So I'm waiting for the day for them to make a Super Bowl run. And with the way it looks, guys, this year, they're off to a good start. I'm not going to say they're going to make a Super Bowl run quite yet. And as you guys know, I'm not going to believe it till I see it. Until they win the championship, I'm not going to be super excited. I'm not going to get my hopes up. But my hero for this week's show is Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he's my hero for the week because um, basically he is first in line right now for comeback player of the year. If either of you disagree with that statement, please let me know when it's your turn to, to talk. But he's got my vote so far for comeback player of the year. Um, if you're not familiar with what happened to him last season, his game and his season ended quickly when he broke his, um he broke his leg. He had to get some crazy surgery to get it replaced. I think it broke in three different places. So he's obviously recovered and through six games, he's got 16 touchdowns um, through the air and uh, he's only thrown four interceptions and um, on the ground, he's got, I believe maybe two or three touchdowns. So He's doing great. And um I'm very excited. And not only is Dak Prescott doing great, the entire Cowboys are doing great. And for one of the another firsts that I can remember is that Diggs, the defensive back for the Dallas Cowboys, he's one of the front runners right now for the defensive player of the year. So who would have thought not only is a Dallas Cowboy Flores, not only is a Dallas Cowboy in line to be one of the defensive players of the year, but a Dallas Cowboy secondary player. And um, if you watch football, you know Dallas Cowboys secondary players, um, they're always getting burned. Defensive backs are always getting burned. So it's just quite a – it's just perplexing right now for Dallas Cowboy fans. We're excited, but I've just never seen anything like this. So the Dallas Cowboys are my heroes, specifically Dak Prescott. Um, I believe he's averaging three hundred yards a game as well through the air. So, and Jimmy, with the stats came in. Dak Prescott does not have a rushing touchdown this season. So he has the sixteen passing touchdowns, and that's it. So, um, I, I'm, send, I'm sending it over to you, Flores, for your hero and headline, and we'll do yours last, Andres, because Flores's headline has to do with going with what's going on like right now.
1: Yeah, and let me just touch on real quick that Dak and Cowboy's situation that Diggs pick six was just insane, and the game was insane. And I've been telling you guys, Dak is the pick not just for a comeback player of the year, whatever it may be, but for MVP. That dude is beasting, I keep telling you guys, and I wish I would have put a bet in. Three weeks ago when I started talking about that, but it's starting to catch up now to where it might not be worth it. But I still think that he is the long shot and the contender in the next couple weeks for MVP. Anyway, over to NBA as I'm watching tonight, Tuesday night, the opening night, just saw the Nets get their butts handed to them. And uh, the Lakers are kind of handling some business in the first quarter. But gentlemen, The season is finally upon us. What a great – my birthday was yesterday. What a great way to just kick off age 36 with this NBA season that we have here. (laughs) There's so many storylines, and I'm just – it's so awesome to me that I'm coming off of this great season that just ended, coincidentally, for the Giants last You know, week. And now I'm going on to this other team that I'm really excited for the Chicago Bulls and the return of just pandemonium to Chicago. So, my question to you guys now that the NBA season is starting with the two games that we have today and the full slate of games that we're going to have on Wednesday, now that the weekend is starting on Wednesday, what is your biggest storyline? Now, I'm going to put a caveat. Outside of the Lakers, guys, because everybody here in L.A., and we're going to talk about the Lakers right now, too, but outside of the Lakers, what is it, Andres, that you are looking forward to? I know we talked about a bunch of them, you know, before coming here on air, but what is it that you're most looking forward to here in this new season in the NBA? What storyline, what team, what anything?
2: Um, it, There's a lot of storylines. I would have to say for me, personally what can cp3 do can he repeat last year can they can they get back to the promise land maybe potentially win it i mean or maybe this is last year's was his last hurrah and phoenix has to look into the future to to keep booker and everybody else
1: (laughs) no hey and the reason why that's really interesting is because i can't see it succeeding i've been saying this since you know last year when they had the run that they had that this team might not even be a top four seed or they might even be contending to be in the playoffs this year the phoenix suns that we're talking about so let's see what cp3 does you're right eight might be mad because he didn't get the deal done so we'll see what happens with that chemistry there but that that is definitely a great storyline too with the defending western
0: conference champion phoenix suns pat what about you well, we re- we already know that the Phoenix Suns are facing an even bigger uphill battle because there's going to be one less spot for them to take in the playoffs with Klay Thompson returning back to the Warriors. Um that's 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 got to be number 1 um for most people on the West Coast if you're not including the Lakers. Um unfortunately Kawhi Leonard's hurt, so the Clippers are going to be probably 500 um throughout the year. Klay Thompson is definitely on my top list. But moving over to the East, a couple things for me. I was lucky enough. We did a fantasy basketball draft last night. I had the seventh overall pick. And somehow, some way, I was lucky enough to get Kevin Durant. I don't know how he fell to me, but I I snagged him up right away. Kyrie's out. um, So it's going to be Harden, Joe Harris, and Kevin Durant. And I think that's enough for Kevin Durant to put up MVP-type numbers. So I'm going to definitely be paying attention to Kevin Durant this year. But more, um, another team that I'm going to be watching is, uh, speaking of Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, They're one year older. They're one year uh, more gelled together. Trey Young, Bogdanovich, DeAndre Hunter, and John Collins. They're very young forwards, but they have played some important minutes last year. And Clint Capella. Nobody would have thought that the Hawks would have made a run to the um, Eastern conference finals at the beginning of the season. And they did. And um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how the Hawks, you know, run it back Flores. Uh I,
1: I know you love Trey young. You were calling him a superstar. And I said, hold on, bump your brakes. I know, I know he had that great season, but you know what, this season is going to matter. I think to to him as far as up and coming and, rising superstars more than anybody Devin Booker obviously is there too because of what they what he did too but Trey Young I mean he's a sneaky pick for MVP there's a lot of stuff that he can do so we'll see how he develops speaking of Trey Young Steph Curry might break the all-time three-point record by Christmas time before Klay <laughs> Thompson even comes back that's another storyline we didn't even mention Ben Simmons Kyle Kuzma going over to the Wizards and You know, the Lakers, I really feel that this experiment, quote-unquote, that everybody's calling it, is going to work. Yeah. There's a lot of high IQ players there, and honestly, that's sometimes what you need. And I I don't know –
0: Pat, you just saw the Dodgers do what they do. Yeah. What are you feeling about the Lakers this year? It's a lot of the same. Um, It's a lot of the same, you know. The – the thing about the Lakers is everybody wants to make fun of them because, you know, they're old or, you know, they, their average age is like 34 or something like that. But they have some young pieces on their team that if they make a mistake, you go to the bench and you have Rajon Rondo, you have Carmelo Anthony, you have those guys telling you what you did wrong and how you can correct it. Same thing if, um, you know, like let's say Taylor was beating himself up for his base base running mistake. For the Dodgers, his base running mistake that ended game two, so to speak. You go back to the dugout and you have Albert Pujols there coaching you up. So it's a nice mix of young and old talent. And then, of course, you still have LeBron James. And I was I was really happy to see the Lakers pick up none. He's, he's young and I think he's, he's overlooked and he's good. And then today they just um, confirmed that they were going to get Avery Bradley back. And they still have Anthony Davis, who is really young. As you guys know, my heart's broken because I see Caruso balling out in Chicago, and just the other day, <laughs> um, just the other day on ESPN, they were they were already saying Lonzo Ball is a veteran that needs to step up in Chicago, and I was thinking, I guess that's true. I guess he is a veteran now. I could have sworn he just made it to the NBA, but this is what his fourth year now.
1: Oh yeah, he's he's a hundred percent that, and that's what that team is too. It's a nice mix, and we're talking about the Bulls now. It's a nice mix of young stars that are either in their prime or getting there. Lonzo, Caruso, and then Levine is getting there to his prime. DeRozan kind of a little bit on his way down. The center of Vucevic. It's just it, it's a star studded cast with a great orchestrator and Billy Donovan in Chicago. They're the talk of the town with the, uh, with the uh, Pelicans were supposed to be a couple years ago with Brandon Ingram, Zion, and all that stuff. Lonzo, that didn't really turn out that way. That's kind of the hype that the Bulls have this year. But, Andres, what are your thoughts on this Lakers team? I know you probably have a lot to say about what's going on with Carmelo being there, Rondo, which me and Pat are saying is a great thing. But what are your thoughts on this Lakers team and what they're going to do this year? I'm I'm watching the game
2: right now, and these guys are stacked, right? (laughs) There's no reason why they shouldn't be able to even go to the finals uh, let alone win it all. They should win it all, hands down. Melo, uh, AD, fucking Russell Westbrook. And the question is, will Russell Westbrook stay or is he going to be traded again by the end of the year?
0: No way. Like... <laughs> no way! <laughs> but at the end of
2: the day, these guys are stacked. Uh, I don't see them losing many games. The question is, are they all going to gel together, right, when it comes to crunch time? Uh, this reminds me of that infamous team back in the day with carl Malone and Gary Payton, all looking for that elusive ring. We know Mel is looking for that elusive ring. So is Westbrook. So it just reminds me, it smells similar to that history, and I hope it, you know, it favors you guys this time around rather than faltering uh, when, when that year came. But I, and it'll be interesting to see. I, hopefully you guys can bring back some showtime and, and make it fun again in
0: L.A. Hey, well, real quick, before we move to your headline, Andres, real quick, I just want to point out the main difference that I'm seeing between the Carl um, Malone and um, who else was on that team? Was it Gary Payton, Gary, Payton, Gary Payton, Glenn Rice? On
1: there? Hey, keep in mind that team. That team would have won that title had it not been for injuries.
0: Yeah, and yeah,
1: and, and, a man, yeah, and Tim Duncan.
0: Well, yeah, Wait, Tim, what? No, he's saying Tim Duncan got in the way of. Oh. oh. Okay, but here's the thing, real quick. You no, talking? That was the team that that was the
2: team that lost the Pistons. Oh, that's right. That's right. Ben Wallace. That's right. That's the that's the infamous,
0: uh, 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 mouse at the Palace" year. I don't know if it was. Yeah, but yeah, it's
1: it's after. After. Malice at, Malice at the Palace" was a year after. Oh he right, was right, the right, champions already. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, but the main glaring difference to me is that you're talking about Phil Jackson was the coach of that Lakers team, who Phil Jackson already had eleven championships as a coach and. Frank Vogel has like one, if you ask Laker fans, and if you ask anybody that's not a Laker fan, they'll tell you he has half a championship. So, (laughs) you know, I would like to think that Frank Vogel is going to be a little bit more um, on these guys to just put the sense of urgency in them that every game's important because there are 82 games. But as we all learned this past baseball season, every game does matter starting tonight. So um, Andres, over to you. Do you have a hero or a headline for the show?
2: Uh, so the headline is going to be a very generous Gypsy King. And I'm speaking of uh, Tyson Fury. Uh, I sent to you guys earlier uh, in the day regarding news that broke out that Tyson Fury donated his $8 million purse from his first fight uh, against Wilder that happened three years ago. Uh, he had stated that he was going to donate it, and now there is you know, news of it circulating circulating today. Of photos that he was passing out money or that the fact that he, he finally did it three years later. So when I posted and when I sent you this news, I didn't look into it other than the fact that he had donated, but there was skepticism because there were certain people that said that he never did it when he said he was going to do it, um, but those were the non-boxing fans and news reporters, and then they came in and said, no, he actually did it three years ago, now it's just, the photos are just circulating now, Like, but it already happened. So he donated uh, a lot of money, his eight million dollar purse, to the homeless here in LA, because he, when he was promoting the first fight, um, he was doing a tour of LA, and he noticed how bad the homeless situation was, and as a result, he told the LA Fire Department at a at a function that he would donate his purse, uh, his whole purse, to the homeless um, here in LA. So. I even more props to him, man. I, I love the guy. I love who he is and what he's become, uh, and his journey from being an addict uh, and had being no shot, and then him changing around and being probably one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, at least in, in this generation of fighters. Yeah, that,
0: that that's that is a great story, and um, I just want to know what happened to that eight million dollars because <laughs> well, it doesn't seem like the homeless people uh the situation yeah, you know, it doesn't seem like I, it's improved <laughs> but anyway you know, you know
2: sticky hands in, in, LA, in la city so i'm sure somebody was i'm
0: sure garcetti was taking all of it and saving it for india so i don't know <laughs> well you know it, it's the thought that counts and he tried and we'll see what happens that's a great story to follow if you haven't read the article look it up you can definitely find out more about it so um, our NBA headlines that we're excited for this uh, this season: Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys off to a hot start. And uh, those are last week's heroes and headlines. The weekend starts on Wednesday, and this weekend we have a two o'clock first pitch. And this is a very special two o'clock first pitch because it's an ALCS. The stakes are high, and whoever wins this series goes on to play in the in the World Series. So, uh, Flores, this is a game that you were interested in. Um, number one, Flores, can you update us on what's going on with this game right now? And what are your thoughts for tomorrow?
1: So, tonight... Tuesday. Keep in mind, we always record this on Tuesday. Whatever happens tonight is going to really make tomorrow that much more of an important game. But as of right now, the Red Sox are up, going into the eighth against the Astros. If the Red Sox pull it out on Tuesday, going into this game on Wednesday at 2 p.m., which is pretty awesome. Same thing happened with the Dodger game today. You can just have it on in the radio in the background while you're doing whatever work you're doing. It's awesome to have some playoff day baseball but if houston is genuinely going into tomorrow down three one their backs are going to be against the wall and i still think they can pull it out but i think they're going to pull tonight's game out they've had some mistakes similar to the dodgers that have had some mistakes that have led to some losses uh altuve had a horrible error that led to Schwarber uh grand slam i think it was the other day so you know i still think the astros are going to pull this out but if the Red Sox do, that's going to be insane. Andres, what are you thinking is going to happen on this one? Uh, you
2: know, it, I, I, I'm i with you. I still believe that the Houston Astros will pull it out and get to the World Series. I'm predicting a Dodgers-Astros World Series and make it a rematch of the cheating year. And we, we, the revenge tour, I like to call it. Um, that's my opinion on it. <laughs> my only concern that killed me before this series started was Lance McCullers being injured and not being on the roster, which is their number one ace in my opinion, and I think that does set the tone for them. But with the three, if they go down 3-1, it's going to be very, very difficult, uh, but I expect it to be tied up when it's also an
0: done. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God you mentioned that Lance McCullers was injured, because for a second, I was thinking you genuinely did not realize that, because how, with who and what army, no pun intended on the arms in army, but who and what arms are going to beat the Red Sox? They have nobody. Can I I just
1: interject and say that all two of it just hit a bomb over the green monster and tied it up two to two. <laughs> That's <what I'm> <laughs>
0: <No>. Okay, so. Hey, let the mayor
2: of Muskin have his day
0: in Boston. The five foot seven, the five foot seven nation army, then, right? I mean, okay, so. Whatever. I, I still think that Boston wins the series maybe in six or seven games, but it's it's going to be hard for Houston to win the series without Lance McCullers because that should be two W's in a seven-game series. But as Flores said, playoff baseball, high-stakes baseball starts at 2 o'clock. Um, now, there's another game in another sport that starts at 4 o'clock, Flores. Um, this is going to be your main focus for Wednesday. What is it? absolutely at 4 p.m. we have the
1: chicago bulls against the detroit pistons and i'm just i'm i don't remember the last time it definitely was the derrick rose uh when he came back from surgery here the first time around where they went to the eastern conference finals and he went down in, in, in game one it's like what's gonna happen um since then the bulls haven't really had this much hype and i can't believe that they have team that they have we talked about it earlier i didn't even mention the rookie patrick williams that a lot of people were comparing to a young Kawhi, and he can shoot he can play defense he's tall he's athletic so they just they have ballers i didn't mention kobe white i didn't even mention them acquiring derrick jones jr some length Mm. You know, Caruso, everything that I mentioned, the Chicago Bulls start their journey to meet the Los Angeles Lakers in the NBA Finals (laughs) against the Detroit Pistons. And they're actually going to have a little bit of a, not a back-to-back, because they play the Pelicans in between, but they're playing... Uh, the Pistons back at home this weekend too. So definitely a nice little way to get some kinks out against uh, lowly Detroit Pistons before really getting into high gear three or four games into the season. Are either of you guys excited about this Bulls team?
0: Yes, I am. And I'll tell you why right now. I drafted Patrick Williams and I drafted Vucevic. Or Vucevic, however you say his name. Vucevic. So I drafted them on my fantasy team. I told myself if those fools have Zach Levine and they have Alex Caruso and Alonzo ball, these forwards are going to get high percentage shots and um, Vucevic can step back and knock down the three. So I'm, I'm excited for the bulls and I'm excited because I also drafted uh, for the Pistons. I drafted Cade Cunningham. Cade Cunningham is probably not going to play in the season opener. According to the reports, I don't know if the reports are just putting it out there to throw off the bulls game plan, but, Kate Cunningham might not play for the first couple games. I have him stashed away on my bench right now. Andres, are you going to be revisiting your Chicago Bulls fandom from the 90s?
2: I mean, they're a very promising team. I looked at the lineup floors, I got excited kind of just as much as you did. Um, they're promising. They really are. And I love to see the, the Bald Eagle. Just fly, baby. Just fly. And I know, Pat,
0: you may be down in a bald eagle jersey in, in Chicago Bulls colors yeah. by the end of the year. Yeah, no. So
2: I, like, I want to see what's going to happen. I think they have a very, you know, they have a good chance to definitely make the playoffs and maybe to make a deep run if they can gel together and hopefully no injuries. But I'm excited for
0: them. Yeah, they they could, they could absolutely make it um, at least to the second round of the playoffs. And at that point. You don't know what happens. Let's see what happens um, with the Bulls, how they gel. And um, like we said in the beginning of the show, it's a long season, so they got some time to work it out. And uh, the 5 o'clock game, um, obviously, I believe we're all going to be watching it, but um, it's game four of the Braves and the Dodgers. It's a 5 o'clock start. Julio Urias has been slated to be the Dodgers opener. Um, I know he had, he didn't do I don't think any Dodger starter has gone like six innings yet. Um, So I'm hoping Julio is going to get a traditional start where he goes six innings. The Dodgers bats have come alive today. Um, They were absolute dog shit. The first two games, Uh, I believe uh, the statistic I sent you guys earlier today was that aside from Mookie Betts and Will Smith, the Dodgers um, collectively were batting 202 and in game two, they left 10 men on base and that's exactly why they lost game two. So right now they should be up 2-1 instead of down 2-1. Flores thinks they should be up 3-0, but here we are. We sit with the Dodgers trailing the Braves. Um, I'm just going to say it. I think the Dodgers win tomorrow and we head into Thursday with the tie series. Uh, let's start with you, Flores, and then we'll close it off with you, Andres. Flores, what do you think for tomorrow's game?
1: Yeah, I'm just sad that because the game was so early today that I wasn't able to drop a little bit of money on it. Because these games, to me, the Dodgers just have that magic. They're, I remember hearing something about Derek Jeter telling one of his teammates when they were down, I don't know if it was the World Series or the, uh, the ALCS, but... He wasn't worried at all. It was like the seventh, eighth inning. He's like, don't worry. The magic always happens. The magic always <laughs> happens. And it always happens for the Dodgers, dude. I mean, Bellinger just absolutely smacked a three run home run when everybody thought everything was done. Seeger, to start the game off, smacked the two run. Like, they have those bats. And I just think they're going to continue to walk through. This team, the Braves, are tough. They're resilient. They do what they do. But there's a reason why it was 106 games that the Dodgers won and why it was only 88 that the Braves won the first team, I think, in over five, six years uh, to, to win a division with less than 90 games. So the cream will rise to the top. The Dodgers will continue to win, and they may win out every game of the series now that the Braves are heartbroken after today's game.
0: Andres, let's look at you for any kind of pessimistic statement towards your Los Angeles Dodgers. It's not look. It's not pessimistic. It's really it's realistic.
2: Okay, this is what I have. Pat, you mentioned earlier that our bats have been dog-shipped prior to today and the seventh inning. Flores, I personally have been told uh, by a bookie that baseball games are lost in the last three innings of a game. So. Uh, like the Jeter story, I don't really believe in the first half of the game. I'm more in the last three innings of the game, which thankfully, it, it turned in our favor with Ballinger hitting a belly bomb to get us over the top. Look, my concern is, yes, Urias is slated to start, Patrick, but can there be a Swisher and robert going into the bullpen and maybe starting to nebble uh, tomorrow? That's my only concern. I'd rather have Urias go, hopefully, get the start from the beginning of the game and And I think he will go at least seven. That's going to be my bold prediction for the week, that he will reach the seventh inning. Do you guys accept that?
0: So you're saying that he will get 18 outs and he will be pulled working on his 19th or his 20th out? Because six times three...
1: So you're, so you're really end you're end making Andres think too much, Pat.
0: Well, because he tried. No, because he's trying, gonna, no, cause he's trying to pull. To, will he get the last
1: out to end the sixth?
0: Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying.
1: I say, but he has to he has to hit the mound
2: to start the seventh too. Is what you're saying? Correct. Let's at just
0: at least in seventh,
2: one, one inning one pitch in the seventh inning at
0: least. Let's just let's just. You keep, know
1: what? What Pat? What
0: I was gonna say. Let's just keep it simple. A quality start traditionally, a quality start is six full innings, three runs yeah. or less earned. And he will get. Oh, so
1: you're trying to you're trying to throw in that. I think if he allows more than those runs, he'll be out regardless. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, full, a so, start, six innings, three runs or less. This is my bold prediction.
0: That bell means I accept. Flores.
1: Yeah, I, I can see uh, Dave Roberts just leaving him in no matter what, too, to just eat some innings. You know, get Joe Kelly some rest and all that stuff. But
0: whatever, I'll yeah. Take it. Well, yeah, whatever is right because this is the first mention of bull predictions, and each bull prediction is worth seven points, and um, we all have seven points. So, and the first to twenty-one collects beer from the loser. So right now, I'm at seven. Flores is at seven. Andres is at seven. Chance is at zero chance almost had it last week, but he was, um, he, he was cost by, um, this stupid play that Kentucky did to end the football game against Georgia. So, um, congrats. I'm sorry, Andres. Good luck. Let's see what happens. I hope you win that because that means that Julio goes six innings strong. Now let's shoot it back to you for the Wednesday night night cap. And, um, why are you selecting this game in particular? All right, Pat. Um, I have my phone on mute, but give me give me a recap. What am I picking for for uh, what I... <laughs> your,
2: your TNT hockey game? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so oh, <laughs> this is why I picked it. Thank you. You know why? Because we have so many games this week that I, I got all my days confused. Uh, you asked me about a hockey game prior, Patrick. This is the hockey game to watch. The reason being, it's on TNT. Flores, I know how much you love Dresky on your TNT network, thinking it's the greatest <laughs> production of all time. Uh, hopefully, who knows how black his hair will be tomorrow or uh, Wednesday night. Look, it's a game which everybody needs to watch, right? The St. Louis Blues versus the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. The St. Louis Blues had a magnificent run a couple of years ago, winning it all. Uh, currently, they are 2-0. and The Golden Knights are sitting at 1-1. But the reason being is because it's late night hockey, it's a junkie game, it's 7.30, there's nothing else hopefully going on, maybe the Dodger game will be done by then, Now it'll probably still be on. Um, but towards the tail end, around 9 o'clock, Pat, just as you're getting cozy, nice and warm, go to bed, you click it on, you see people banging bodies into the glass, goals being scored. Uh, this, look, it's hockey season, baby. It's October. This is you guys. Flores get excited about basketball season. I get excited about hockey season. It's literally a fast-paced game. You can't go take a piss even if you wanted to. You so I'm I'm gonna go with Pat. I'm gonna go with the St. Louis Blues to win in Las Vegas. Reason being, say, uh, Knights are missing some players to start the season. They're missing four players. Uh, is out for a while. Mark Stone is out to. Blues are on a two, two hole run. They got some young kids, and they have a better goaltender, in my opinion, than uh, um, Lanehart for the Golden Knights. So I'm going to go with the Blues, but it's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Uh, expect a 5 4 ball game or hockey game.
0: Okay, so you're taking the over that is set at 5.5. Yeah,
2: I'm going to take the over.
0: Okay, now um, let's move it along to Thursday. So that was Wednesday's entertainment. Both baseball games, the Bulls and Pistons for the NBA and the Blues and Knights for hockey. So a little bit of everything on Wednesday night. Thursday, 4.30 p.m. on Dress. Quickly, give us your hot whistle bet. Tulane at SMU College Football. Tulane is 1-5. SMU is 6-0. and oh. So how are you going to sell this game to people who do not care? You
2: like a lot of scoring, Matt? You want to see some touchdowns?
0: Yeah. SMU is going to put up those touchdowns, baby. Those guys know how
2: to throw the ball. It is a wonderful Thursday night game in Dallas. I hope you guys do know how big football is in the state of Texas, Patrick, oh that there's... their college football stadiums, everybody's there, okay? So it's makes no different that this team, who's 6-0, and Patrick, uh, with a quarterback of Mordecai, throwing for 1,800 yards already, almost 1,900, he's got 1,893 yards, 26 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Um, they're averaging pat 40 points a game so expect a lot of scoring uh, i kind of even like the over set at uh, what was it 70 and a half <laughs> but the biggest bet that i like just caught my eye and i'm salivating at the mouth is the 13 and a half they're 13 and a half point favorites they got to win by two touchdowns two lane guys is two and four against the spread Whereas SMU is yeah. four and two against the spread, I like them at home. I think they beat them by twenty points, so they're going to cover the thirteen and a half. That's what. That's my bet.
0: That's my <laughs> bet whistle for the day. Okay, I don't think that Flores or myself are going to argue with that. Um, Fourteen points <laughs> to a team at home that's undefeated. They're going to kick the shit out of Tulane. Vegas always knows something, though. So let's see if you're right, Andres. I know you have a very, very thin line fan club where people say that they ride with your bets, but then they call their bookie and they do the complete opposite. Brian, you know who we're talking about, Brian. That's why he's always (laughs) asking you. That's why Brian is always asking you what your picks are because he goes, he always pays me. He always pays me. And that's okay. And that's all
2: right. Sometimes (laughs) you win, sometimes you lose. I'd rather. You know, Pat, when I win, people always listen to me. People
0: listen. All right, Flores. Um, Thursday night, you're back on the hardwood. What is the show for Thursday night?
1: So we have a large amount of games Wednesday to start the season. Obviously, tonight, Tuesday is the start with just two games. Wednesday it's like the whole NBA is playing, but Thursday you get a nice little amount again. Three games starts at four thirty. Dallas at Atlanta. We talked about Trey Young. We talked about the Hawks. At the same time, Jason Kidd is in there now with the Mavericks. They, you know, it was reported that Luka and Carlisle just weren't meshing, and that Luka was pushing to get him out, so he did does he now step up even more? Which it's like, damn, can Luca step up even more? And it's it's another season. Both of these guys are starting the season off against each other here. Um, and, and it's fun to see. We have good games throughout the night, too. It's a TNT night. It's going to end with the Clippers at the Warriors. Paul George is going to continue his hot streak like he was in the playoffs, or will he just fizzle out? Are the Warriors going to continue their, you know, what they're doing against the Lakers tonight before Klay Thompson gets there really establish themselves, or they're going to make some trades, get rid of some of these young guys to really, when Klay comes back, make another run at it. Again, it's a nice little schedule of games. Miami is also playing. If you have NBA league pass, you'll be able to see Kyle Lowry coming out and really
0: giving them a backbone. Oh. Jimmy Butler is a heart, but now they have a little mm. bit of
1: a backbone, too. They have Adebayo, they have all that stuff, but this is this is Rondo with a little bit more talent right now is what Kyle Lowry brings to a team. So yeah. let's see what Miami can do. Milwaukee's at Miami. So it's nice, nice little slate of three games of NBA action on Thursday.
0: Yeah, and Ky- nothing against Adebayo or nothing against Butler – But Kyle Lowry, his leadership style just seems a little more proper. And um, it's good that you said that he was the backbone. And the flair and the talent will come from Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. So the Heat are going to be definitely an interesting story to watch. I'm excited to see Luka go at it against Atlanta and Trey Young. Um, And then, of course, Thursday night, 5 p.m., is the Dodgers and Braves. Game five, we don't know who's going to be pitching. Um, I think at this point um, in game five, there's going to be three games left. I have a firm feeling that it's going to be a tie series going into game five. So at this point, I don't think it matters. I just think whoever can get 27 outs in the cleanest mistake-free baseball is going to end up winning the series. So it's not a very profound, hot take. It's not a very well-thought-out take. But it's getting down to the nitty-gritty and whoever has – more hustle will win the series. So Thursday night, game five, the Braves and Dodgers. Andres, over to you for Friday. So Thursday is done. We have SMU, NBA basketball, and Braves and Dodgers. What are you watching, Andres, Friday to kick off your evening, or do you need me to remind you?
2: Painkillers that
0: I'm on, and, and <laughs> remind, me, remind me one more time, baby. Remind All right. Me one more time. Uh, so 4 p.m. The Bruins of Boston hockey are taking on the Buffalo Sabers, and right now the Buffalo Sabers are three and zero, mm-hmm. and the Bruins are undefeated at one and zero. So obviously, it's going to be a good game because both teams will be at least you know 500 or better. Why did you pick this game? Do you think the Sabers are going to win, or do you think Bruins are going to go into <laughs> Buffalo and win? Well, Pat, you know how much
2: you love your Boston Bruins. Uh, You you love them so hard because of Marshawn. Those guys can play well. That's a team that traditionally always does well, brings down the house, knows how to hit, defensively can shut you down. But the Buffalo Sabres, Pat, just like your cousin is the ambassador for the Buffalo Bills, look, I like this Buffalo Sabres team. I think they will beat the the Boston Bruins. They're a very good young team. I think they'll actually get further in the playoffs and be an East contending championship uh, contender in the East if they can mesh well because of the young talent that they have. Um, But that's why I'm picking this game, because you're going to have a hard-fought, hard East Coast battle. And people are going to have – I guarantee it's probably going to be the most underrated battle of the night, unless Flores can come up with some big-ass boxing MMA fight of the year that happens every other weekend
1: Uh, well yeah actually i know pat's gonna come up with something that might top (laughs) it
0: hey
1: hey but do buffalo sabers fans also go through call themselves a mafia or a mob and go through plastic tables too i i don't know pat you
2: you love the saber fan base because of your uh, one time meeting
0: you had right now. Yeah, yeah. Quick, quick story about that is that we were in spring training um, watching the Dodgers uh, 2020. This was right before COVID broke out. And it was me, the lovely Diana, her sister Crystal, and uh, the homie Greg, uh, faithful, loyal listener. We were out there in Phoenix, and the Sabres were playing the Yotes, and the drunk grandma came out <laughs> of the building the drunk grandma was being escorted back to the hotel room wearing her Buffalo Sabres Jersey by her son and grandson. And ever since then I have a special place in my heart for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, But yeah, let let me uh, just recap real quick about uh, Manny Flores. Manny Flores is a friend of the show. We've had him on and uh, right now he's undefeated. He's an up and coming boxer. He just turned 23 he's based out of the Coachella Valley and Friday night he has a fight in Ontario right here in Southern California and according to his Instagram post it's going to be I believe sometime after seven so I texted him I hit him up and I asked him how we can find the fight what time is he going to be going up so as it gets closer to Friday's um, date for him I'll make sure and uh, post it up so everybody can try to follow along his fights are usually quick he usually knocks out the guy in the first couple rounds. So I'm hoping that he does the same. So good luck to you, Manny. Hopefully we can connect this week and set up a time to get you interviewed, to get you and your cousin Isaac back on the show maybe next week or something along those lines. Now, Damn, no pressure though, right? No pressure. No pressure. No pressure. pressure. No, pressure. <laughs> no but he, he he likes doing the show. He likes it. And his cousin Grant. No, I know. So, no, no, he's we can give him a pass, though, Pat, because he's
2: celebrating uh, his birthday. He actually shares the birthday with you, Brian, uh, as you were stating. So, look, the man's 23. You know what we were doing at 23, Pat, and I can't even imagine being uh, top of his game at 23 on his birthday week. So, you know what? By all means, happy, br- happy birthday,
1: but enjoy it while you can, brother. Hey, he's out he's there. A, he's a good follow. He's a good follow on Instagram, too. You guys, make sure you go uh, follow Gucci Manny.
0: Yes, Gucci Manny. Um, and uh, if you can't find his page, just go to our page and look him up. You'll find him there. Um, and uh, so, Flores, how are you spending your Friday night? Is it back to the NBA, right?
1: Oh, sorry, dude. I'm just catching this. Astros, Red Sox, ninth inning, top of the ninth. Correa starts it off with a double nice all right just want just wanted to check check in on that one real quick but man i'm going all nba this week again i'm going hard in the nba paint and the lakers have been going hard in the paint tonight to start off the season and on friday they have the phoenix Suns and the aforementioned chris paul devin booker ayton little team that beat the lakers coming back Mm. and i think the lakers are intent on some revenge anthony davis hopefully he's not injured by then as we know with anthony davis (laughs) uh but hopefully he's still good to go by friday's game and the lakers can really show the phoenix suns hey man when we're back full strength you are no match for us but we shall see
0: yeah, I mean, it, it. this is great. I mean, I like the fact that the Suns are good. I like Devin Booker. He's got swagger. He's got that Kobe mentality. I, I love it. And um, if the Lakers, similar to when the Dodgers started their baseball season, I liked their rivals to be good because it makes them better. And uh, I'm going to definitely be watching that game as well. So that concludes Friday's Entertainment. Um, We still have Saturday and Sunday to get to. We're closing in on the 27th minute. So we're actually going to do that just after this. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our stories, all of our posts, and all of our predictions. Again, to keep up with all of our action and entertainment, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Okay, moving into the traditional weekend of Saturday and Sunday, the UCLA Bruins are hosting the 10th-ranked Oregon Ducks. Now, the Bruins started off hot, right? They started off 2-0. and They had that big win against LSU, and then they lost to Fresno State, who has actually proven to be a good team um, overall. And then they lost in the desert on the road to Arizona State. So the Bruins are now 4-2. and Oregon is coming into the Rose Bowl, and Oregon is the underdog. Um, so UCLA is favored at home. The over-under is set at 60 points. So it's going to be a high-scoring game, but not like a Big 12 74-point over-under that you that you might see. Now, my bold prediction has to do with Andres' alma mater um, brethren, Greg Dolchich, right? Is that how you say his name, Andres? Please confirm. Uh, it, it's pronounced Dolchich. Dolchich. So, Greg Dolchich, the tight end for the Bruins from Glendale, California, six foot four. My bold prediction is that Greg gets three touchdowns on the day. I would say two, but I know you guys are going to push me. <laughs> I know you guys will push me to do three. So, I'm going to say Greg gets three touchdowns for the Bruins Saturday afternoon.
1: That is very very bold. That is very bold. (laughs) Yeah, now now I get why you were like, oh, I got a great bold prediction. That is definitely bold, I'll take it.
0: It's I mean,
1: you know what
2: the funny thing about that is, though, and the the thing that favors you is, he is actually a tight end to be the team's leading receiver. So he's got the most touchdowns, he's got the most yardage. That doesn't really happen uh, in college, as a tight end, especially on a team. But he definitely is probably the best tight end in the country, in my opinion. And he's only a young buck. So he'll be definitely playing on Sunday. That's a hell of a, that's a, hell of a full prediction.
0: I'll accept that, though. Yeah, he's my – um. so in my Dynasty Fantasy Football League um, that I'm in with my cousins, uh, Cousin Brett, the uh, Bills Mafia Indio chapter leader, he's the one that arranged it. I'm 1-5 right now. I'm doing terrible. I'm doing terrible. So I've decided I'm tanking for Dolkic. So I'm tanking for him. He's going to be my guy. When he gets drafted into the NFL, I'm going with him first round with the um, overall pick, unless somebody else proves me otherwise. I'm tanking for hey, Pat, him. Look,
2: Pat, real quick. Did you check on your cousin um, after this this last
0: game? Uh <laughs> I wanna know if he has a puke bucket
2: after his, specifically after the
0: last game. Uh no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that um <laughs> later on in the show. So um that that's how we're starting off Saturday. Oregon at- really
1: quick, really quick. Let me just interrupt you guys. Korea has scored the Astros have gone up by a run. And while we're on the topic, you just mentioned, you know, your bold prediction. Let me throw this out there as a bold prediction. Dodgers win every single game for the rest of the series. Is that bold enough?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, of course, I'll take it. That puts you at 14 points if it hits. And um, that also ties in with Undressable prediction that Udius does lights out performance tomorrow. So it's bold enough I mean, And also, too, that is bold enough because I don't think people understand how hard and difficult it is to win
2: four games in a row in a playoff series. Especially down 2-0 and and coming off of uh, a hell of a series against your
1: favorite team, the Giants, that took us to uh, all five games. But on the flip side, the reason why I'm so confident in it is – When a team just catches that break, it just breaks the series open sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the other team just can't match that energy. If they can't match the energy for the next two days, that's already two games. They're down 3-2 going to Atlanta thinking, fuck, we just gave up three straight games. We have zero shot. Boom, all of a sudden, Dodgers in the World Series.
0: Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully on Saturday, we get Max Scherzer with the lights out performance. So that's getting way ahead of ourselves. But Flores, I like where your head's at. I accept your bold prediction. Andres, 4.30 on Saturday.
2: You don't need to remind me, Pat. I know, look, I know I'm on pain, pain-killing and shit. I got a dead person in my body. But look, it is rivalry week. It is Saturday. No! It is my favorite time of the year because it's Notre Dame football. We're talking about this game, and the rivalry is against the the lowest of lowest. Flores, you can relate how much you have disdain for this school. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. The University of Spoiled Children, I mean USC, uh, that, this is a game that we've been waiting for all year. So the Irish play at 4.30, Patrick, at home in South Bend. Uh, they're 5-1. They're, uh, they're coming off a bye week, so they had plenty of time to – know what kind of game plan they have and whooping that Trojans ass. They'll be wearing Trojans after the game uh to have a wonderful uh, orgy party with all the ladies in South Bend. Uh, that's another topic. But Lorraine <laughs> will win. They're favored by seven. I believe USC Patrick is three and three. But you know what guys? It doesn't matter what the record is um in this rivalry because both teams have hate for each other. So they can be undefeated, they can be winless, they're going to bring it. This is a game to watch. Flores, I know you'll take a peek at this game just to see what's going on. What do you think? Do you think they cover the seven points at home? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I really believe they're going to shit all over SC, so I would easily see them doing that.
0: Has you, Has USC won a game ever since they fired their coach?
2: Uh I don't know. It's a Jimmy's good question. I, Jimmy will have to so I'm back with
0: that, Jimmy, get a, get, get us back for that. So when they beat Notre Dame on Saturday, this will be the first time they won. <laughs> 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 hey, uh, hey, bro, I, I, I'm right there with you guys. I can't stand USC, but I, I hate Brian Kelly a lot too. I think he's a he's a freaking snake and it would be funny if Notre Dame lost to USC just because of him. But for you, Andres, I'm going for Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame wins. I just think it would be funny if Brian Kelly lost to probably one of the worst USC teams that we've seen in a while. <laughs> you know, you got to admit. And J-
2: Jimmy came in. He's, he's holding the paper up. They actually beat Colorado
0: uh, two weeks ago. Okay. Okay. All they've right. Kinda, they've kind of alternated victories. They've
1: had a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they smashed uh, the Cougars up in Washington. Then they got smashed by the Beavers. Then they smashed Colorado. Then they got smashed by Utah. So that means the pattern Mm -hmm. says they might smash Notre Dame. Damn, I don't know. (laughs) Well, guys,
2: I hate to break it to you. Rather than the spread itself, I'm looking at the over-under at 57.5. I like that more. Considering, Flores, all the information that you just gave on how much points They've been giving up or scoring on SC side, uh, 45, 37, 42. Uh, Notre Dame's defense, Patrick, has been shaky at times. They've been giving up that ass, unfortunately, and giving up points. So <laughs> I, like, I like the over uh, at 57.5 more so than I like the seven that Notre Dame is favored by.
0: Mm, I would go with the under because I think that uh, Notre Dame, if Notre Dame is um, a true top five team in the country, they should hold the Trojans to less than 20 points if they're that good. And um, that means Notre Dame can score 35 or less and the Trojans score 20 or less and the under hits, but that's, that's just me. Okay. Now, Moving along to Flores, you have quite a uh, Saturday night lined up for us, uh, boxing and UFC, so take it away.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's been a while since we've talked about any UFC stuff here, but uh, we don't have a pay-per-view, but we have a really good UFC fight night. Costa versus Batori. both of these guys' his last fight was a loss to Israel, Adesanya, especially it was paulo costa's first loss ever he's 13 and one now uh, as a professional in his mma career vittori 17 5 and 1 both of these guys need a victory really bad it's like it's the italian meathead versus the brazilian meathead <laughs> so it's a nice little battle of the meatheads and you gotta love it you gotta tune in a lot of affection there on the boxing side we kind of, we kind of have the complete opposite Uh, with boxing we have two technicians Um, this is going to be on ESPN plus we have Shakur Stevenson fighting for Jamel Herring's WBO junior lightweight title Shakur Stevenson will be and we've talked about him here before one of boxing's main attractions in the coming years and this is his you know his march towards victory he's a little man that could napoleon bonaparte in a way the american version of that but he's he's gonna keep conquering these divisions and i think he's gonna beat herring who is a game fighter a nice champion so if Shakur stevenson comes in handles what he needs to handle and comes out with a victory, even if it's a nasty victory, even if he gets knocked down, whatever it may be, as long as he pulls out the victory, it's going to be huge for his career and it's only going to propel him going forward. So make sure you guys tune in. There's a lot of nice fight action this weekend and it's all, it's all free essentially. There's the ESPN fight night for UFC. And then there's the uh, ESPN plus slash ESPN main attraction for boxing as well.
2: Florence, do you prefer uh, Italian sausage or uh, you like the Brazilian
1: fogo de chao? Oh, the Brazilian! I think Paulo Costa. Wow! By the way, it is now seven to two, Houston. Woo! Woo! Seven to two, Houston Astros. Anyway, yes, I think the Brazilian. He's thirteen and one. His only loss was to Izzy, and Izzy's. A, absolute beast you know at at that division not when he tries to go up to light heavyweight so holocausto said that when he lost to him he couldn't go to sleep the night before so he drank some wine and that kind of threw him off the next day when he fought izzy so i still think he's top of the top of the chain you know top notch type fighter and vittoria i think is a little shot so i I think you should go hard on acosta Shakur stevenson parlay
0: andres you are part italian but you always go with the Brazilians, so now you find yourself at a major crossroad when you come up to the sports book. What are you doing with that UFC main event?
2: Well, Flores, give me the give me the reach So Give me the reach info. What do we
1: got, <laughs> dude? They're exactly the same, dude. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to go with the Brazilian, uh, only because like these, guys, these guys look the
2: same, act the same everything the same, dude. I'm going to have to go with the Brazilian. I'm going to join you, Flores, because in, this, in the game and in the fights of MMA, the Brazilians just know that's their sport. That's their, that's their religion. That's The Gracie brothers brought it in, and mm. ever since then, uh, they just have this big following. So soccer, uh, the samba, and, and UFC is all Brazilian in my eyes. So I'm going to go with the Brazilian.
0: Does your Italian family listen to the show? Because they're going to disown you. no, no. no.
2: Okay. You know, they're, they're, I, I don't they're, think, they're the Italians, think the Italians. The Italians have not eaten some and, and pasta and some uh, rigatoni, so they're they're they're. I don't think they care right now. I think they're they love the fine wine of the Italian, uh,
1: you know, lifestyle that they live in the East Coast. So I don't. Yeah, think and right and it. Italians haven't cared about the fight game since Rocky Balboa. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think they care. <laughs> Rocky Balboa.
0: <laughs> so that um, that concludes Saturday's entertainment. We have Oregon-UCLA, USC versus Notre Dame, boxing and UFC on ESPN and on ESPN+. Now, Sunday morning, bright and early. Well, on the West Coast, it's not bright and early, but it's early. It's 10 a.m. on the East Coast, it's 1 p.m. Uh, Flores, back to you. The football game that you chose is actually going to be probably maybe a game of the day. What is it, Flores?
1: And here's the thing. This is why I kind of, I hate listening to a lot of these first take shows that I've caught myself doing a lot more so the last year or two being at home as opposed to me listening to somebody with a level head like a Dan Patrick because all these shows go week by week and it's just the flavor of the week. And just a couple of weeks ago, had you checked in with the NFL pundits, they would have said the Kansas City Chiefs are dead. They would have said the Tennessee Titans are not what a lot of people thought were going to be. But guess what? You fast forward to now and – Kansas City has lit everything up. Oakland is looking bad. Denver is not what a lot of people thought they were. The Chargers just had a bad loss. So everybody's back on that Chiefs bandwagon (laughs) in that AFC West. Tennessee just absolutely, you know, took the soul out of Buffalo. And hopefully the Sabres can get it back. But they took the soul (laughs) out of Buffalo with, you know, Josh Allen not being able to get his footing and Tennessee coming away with a W. So now it sets up... This awesome game, Kansas City at Tennessee. It's easily the best game of the weekend, in my opinion. You know, the 49ers are doing their thing. There's a lot of other nice little matchups. But this, like you said, is to me the game.
0: And the the one thing that I like about it is whenever the Chiefs are not doing well, it's better for everybody else. Because now the Raiders, you know, Raiders have a chance to win the division. The Broncos have a chance to win the division. The Chargers have a chance, and they haven't had this chance going into Week Seven in a, in a while. So I'm I'm into it, and I have another matchup for you that I'm going to be extremely vested in. It's the Bengals taking on the Ravens, and yes. that, that's also at 10 a.m. And I'm vested in this a hundred percent because I have Joe Mick I'm sorry, I, I have Joe Mixon in two of my leagues. I have T Higgins, the Bengals wide receiver, in all my leagues, and I have Joe Burrow in two of my leagues. And so I'm in four fantasy football leagues. So I have all kinds of Bengals action. And as good as the Baltimore defense can be, Andres, I'm still starting all of them against the Ravens. Would you make that move, Andres, if you were me?
2: It's not a bad move, Pat. How can you not? I mean, Joe Big Dick Burroughs is throwing the ball really well. They're going to have to throw. And they're not going to run. They they haven't really had a a real running game. Mixon really catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. So they like to throw a lot of screens. I think it's a great, great start because – their to give, give up a lot of points, and when they get down, what are they going to do, Pat? They're going to have to play catch-up, and they're going to have to throw the ball. So I think logically it makes sense. I would do the same thing and, and try to play catch-up. So that's a hell of a, hell of a stat to, to throw in there
1: and a start, I mean, not a stat, but a start of all of them this weekend. Can I just interrupt you guys again and let you guys know that Carlos Correa is back on second base? right where the inning started it's now nine to two houston and they have runners at first and second talk about
2: a you know turn of events there who this reminds me of the episode of bugs bunny like you know he's just everybody got a hit everybody hit around and they're again at the same spot so it's like a bugs bunny cartoon and everyone's getting hit
0: andres you can't mention that without singing the song how does it go All right, so I'm going to take your advice. Um, You're backing my bet with starting all my Bengals. I'm starting Joe Burrow. I'm starting Mixon. I'm starting Higgins. Let's go, Bengals. I actually don't care if the Bengals win. I just want my fantasy team to perform well. Now, the nightcap is at 520 on Sunday night. We didn't see any games at 1.20, 1 o'clock that we liked. So we're moving straight to the evening. The Colts are 2-4, and four, taking on the Niners, who are 2-3. The Niners, I believe, are just coming off of a bye week. The Niners are at home, and they're favored, and the over-under is set at 44. So Andres, let's hear your thoughts first on this game, since it's your team, and then toss it over to Flores for his thoughts, because it's his team
2: um you know i don't really like that over game so much um only because if the niners do win they're gonna have to shut down the colts um the niners haven't really had a great year they're two and three i do think they do win this game at home only because i don't believe in carson wentz even though i I, i'm not a big fan of garoppolo but um i don't think carson wentz has ever been the answer in indianapolis he's always had a shoulder issue look yeah they can get hot sometimes um You know what? Surprisingly, um, they're 4-2 against the spread, so the 3.5 looks kind of nice, if I'm a betting man, which I am, but I don't bet against my team, so I'm just a little concerned. This could be a trap game for the Niners. They did have a bye, though, Pat, um, last week, so I think hopefully they did get enough rest. Um, The Colts are coming off a win, actually two wins back-to-back. They did come up against the Lions and... Not, sorry, excuse me. Their only two wins is against the Vikings and the Lions. Um, They're on a losing streak right now, but um, I don't know. Flores, what do you think?
1: I mean, I, I surprisingly do believe in Carson Wentz, and I know there's this little provision that um, if he plays 70% of the snaps, uh, you know, Philly gets Indy's draft pick, first pick or something like that, and I think that Indy's gonna have to give up that draft pick because Carson Wentz really had a little bit of a resurgence the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. and he he's and sometimes you just get these good quarterbacks in these bad situations and He's kind of been reborn over the last couple of weeks. And who knows if that just means he's finally adjusted to that new system. He's finally comfortable with his teammates. He's getting things going. And I'm just, you know, just similar to what I talked about with the Dodgers. When, once they win a game, they're going to get things going. Who knows if that's what the Colts do. And they just kind of <laughs> put a nail in the coffin of the early 49ers season. I'm a little scared and a little nervous. Carson Wentz
0: I never thought in my life I'd be saying that. And guys, Don- like Andrew- Real quick, I just got an
2: ear kicked uh, to the face right now uh, by Jimmy. Um, I completely fucked that up by saying their two wins were against the Lions and the Vikings. they are actually two wins were against the Texans and the Dolphins. So, apologies. Thanks, Jimmy, <laughs> for that. I know. Uh, I know. Chance is probably saying, "What the fuck, Andres?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could have left it at that because all those teams suck. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but, uh, like the, the Colts have Jonathan Taylor and they're getting T Y Hilton back. I don't think this is going to be that easy of a game for the Niners. Um, I think that the Niners, I don't want to say it. Um, I don't want to say it, but I think the Colts might win this game. I don't know why, but there's just a weird feeling about it. And no, uh, no, you're,
2: you're right on that. I think there's a strong chance for that. You're, you're not wrong to say that. you know, has, would, you
1: know I, but, I can't, I can't root against my team. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I heard a funny joke. One thing that I really like on Fox's pregame stuff is that that comedian. I don't know his fucking name. Uh, but he has Frank like Caliendo? no, no, no. Um. I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he's he's he came out in Step Brothers as the the mean step brother's friend, the guy that that owns like oh. the helicopter. You know what I'm talking about? He does the Fox pregame. Anyway, he had a hilarious Squid Game kind of little joke last time, and he was like, "Oh, the 49ers, why are you here? You know why? Because the jury's still out whether you guys are good or bad. Oh, wait, the jury's the jury's bad, and they decided <laughs> you're bad." So that's kind of how the 49er season has gone. They really were expected to be okay by actual NFL people. Us 49er fans thought they'd be right back in Super Bowl contention, but I think we've all been uh, humbled a little bit by what's transpired so far early in the season.
0: Yeah, I I can't remember his, his name, but I, I know him. Rob his. Riggle. Rob Riggle, Riggle. there he yes. is. <laughs> yes. Funny story about Rob Riggle is I was working a wedding in Santa Barbara a couple of years ago and um this woman comes up to me and she tells me "Excuse me, it's really cold over here. Can we get the heater right over our table?" But right over their table was some electric cords and I told her I said, "No, I'm sorry. I can't move the heater over there because I don't want this whole place to catch on fire because the electric cords are right where the heater would be. And, um, she thought I was joking. And then she's like, are you serious? And I said, well, yeah, I'm serious. Look, you know? And, um, it turns out it was Rob Regal's wife that was asking me to move the heater. And he was, dude, he was staring at me. Like he wanted to strangle me for telling his wife, no, but I really couldn't do it because I don't care where the heater goes. Why would I care where the heater goes? I would, yeah. I would, you know, I would have done it if I could. But I, I'm serious. I didn't want it to catch on fire. So that's my only. Rob- you,
2: you know why though? He gave you that look, right? Why? Because he's a former marine. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I do agree with one thing, Andres, and that's that you're absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs>
0: The scumbag of the night is the individual responsible for ruining your sports happiness. They could cost you a bet, cost you a victory in fantasy sports, or make the headlines for all the wrong reasons and piss you off. So I'm going to start off with the scumbag. I have two light scumbags and my real scumbag. So my light scumbag has to do with, and this is not an attack on any other Dodger fans, who may or may not have a Dodger flag for their car. I'm not trying to be judgmental or condescending but it's the fucking playoffs and we're in the middle of a World Series run. And I've legit seen two Dodger flags like mine, the smaller ones that I put up in my car. I've seen two of those on the road and one big one that they put in the back of pickup trucks. Now again, if you listen to the show and you don't have one, I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying get to the mall, buy a flag, and help us rally because we have we have a game tomorrow. We have a game Thursday. We're going to have games the rest of the week. So the flags are like $15. Shout out to the lovely Diana's mom, Carmen. She bought me my flag because my other one was worn out because I use it every playoffs. She noticed it was fucked up. She bought me a new one. So if you are a Dodger fan and you do not have one, go get one and put it up in your car before Wednesday's game. Now, my other scumbag has to do with the Dodger fans that left today's game. If you were at today's game and you didn't have a baby with you that was crying or a kid with you that had to leave, you should have stayed to the very end to watch the Dodgers come back. That is my other light scumbags as it relates to the Dodgers. Now, my real scumbag has to do with Monday Night Football. Uh, let's start with you, Andres. Do you agree with me when I say that Sean McDermott, the Bills coach, is a scumbag for kicking a field goal? I'm sorry, for not kicking the field goal from like the five-yard line when they were down three to force the game into overtime. What would you have done?
2: not kicking the field goal what i am mad is that stupid fucking play calling by trying to go for the first down and and trying to do a quarterback sneak rather than doing like a bootleg and uh you know and faking it and you know play action and dumping it but that's a different topic you know for another day or different discussion but um i don't i don't i don't like when coaches go for the tie i know the rule is in football is that you tie on the road and you play for the win at home. So given that information, Pat, they should have gone for the tie uh, on the road and kicked the field goal. But I don't, I'm not mad at it. I just think
0: it's a stupid play call for what they ended up going with. Wait, isn't it- You you guys are, you you guys are both completely wrong,
1: dude. Just, that was 100,000% the right call to go with. All of it was. It wasn't the five-yard line. It was the one-yard line (laughs) to win the game. The guy's foot slipped. Nine out of ten times you get that touchdown easily with a quarterback that's the size of of Dante Culpepper, of of Jamarcus Russell back in the days. This is a huge Ben Roethlisberger in his younger days-esque type of quarterback it was 100 the right call it just didn't work out his team wanted that deep down i guarantee you and they all appreciate their coach going for it more than if he would have just played for a tie in that situation
0: uh yeah i mean i but okay so i always say that you play for overtime if your team is that good but i guess the competitor in them wanted to go for the win i just thought that it was a little shocking the play call i guess is more like it i think Andres said it better than i did that why would you call that play but nine out of ten times it works and that was the one time it didn't work um so that those are my scumbags so let's see if we can get some more dodger flags on the road tomorrow while we're out and about running our errands Andres, over to you for your scumbag of the night speaking of driving
2: well, speaking about driving um, and football related, my scumbag of the night happens to be, Pat, uh, a Dallas Cowboy, not a winning Dallas Cowboy, an actually dumb, stupid Dallas Cowboy, the safety, Demonte, and I'm going to spell his name out, K-A-Z-E-E. Um, I don't know if it's Kaze or Kazi or Kazi. So I'm going to say Demonte Kazi um, was arrested for suspicion of driving while intoxicated in, in a Dallas suburb. Um, he was re- re- uh, excuse me, arrested and released um, after posting a $2,000 – sorry, a $2,500 bond. Um, I don't understand this, Pat. We've talked about this before in the show many times. Like this kid's young. He's 28 years old. The Dallas Cowboys are 5-1. You're an athlete. Pay the Uber. Right, Flores, Pay the fucking Uber get a driver, have your cousin. Call your mama to come pick your ass up when your team is five and one. Don't jeopardize, uh, you know, or being suspended. You're hurting the team, you're five and one, and you're on a defense that's, you know, doing well, surprisingly, that no one thought you guys would be at this point. Um, It's just a shame, and it it always – it doesn't make any sense to me that athletes of this caliber – who's on the winning team, who's performing well, who's a starter, who's young, just cough up the extra change for an Uber or Lyft. That's all I got to say. He's lucky he didn't, he didn't kill anybody, too. He should be more grateful about that than anything
0: else. He's he's from San Bernardino, so I'm going to tag him on our page and all that, and I'm going to let him know. He's hey, gonna
2: bro, I'll give him fucking my address, bro. He'll me
0: at
1: the, in the
0: yard. He, He's all <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> but how's he gonna get to you he can't drive right
2: that's right he's gonna come on a bus or a fucking bicycle i'll be waiting bro come on at me
1: come get me oh
0: that's
1: hey what you're if that happens what would happen to you andres is is my scumbag is you would lose that fight and that's what my scumbag is mikey garcia I told you guys that he was fighting last weekend. Mikey Garcia is arguably a top 10 pound for pound boxer. And this weekend he fought essentially a tune up fight, a fight, a stay busy fight, just something to keep him active sandor martin not a name at the 147 welterweight division mikey garcia his last fight he lost to errol spence jr at that division the king of the 147ers so if you're going to lose to anybody it's going to be that person but to come off of your first loss of your career and follow that up with the second loss of your career Mm. against essentially a nobody, is a huge scumbag, especially because of the high expectations I have for Mikey Garcia, especially, you know, his brother, Robert Garcia, and, and him being a trainer of the year not too long ago and doing everything that he does, and Mikey being their their purebred, the one that made it, because Robert Garcia was also a champion, a fighter, but Mikey Garcia was supposed to be their golden child, and now that he has this loss on his record, it's really going to affect him, and before I log off here... The real scumbag of this entire week is cancer, lymphoma cancer to be specific. Dick Vitale, Dickie V of ESPN fame of let's go baby. College basketball fame has lymphoma will undergo six months of chemotherapy. And we're just, you know, as you go, you lose a lot of these greats that you've grown up on, especially us, you know, in our getting to our mid thirties, late thirties, whatever it may be. And man, I just don't want to lose Dickie V. You know what I mean? And it just sucks. Yeah. Fuck cancer. You know, fuck all that shit that happens with the different types of cancers. And I hope that he pulls through on this one. That's the biggest scumbag in my eyes.
0: Yeah. And uh, isn't that what happened with Stuart Scott, right? He ended up getting cancer as well. Yeah. So, I hope Dickie V gets better. I mean, I'm obviously he's, I mean, I don't know if it's obvious or not because I know some of these people push through it. Did they release any information on his availability to do games or?
1: Uh, I, I don't think any of that stuff is going to be in his uh, uh, in his plans yeah. for any time soon. Yeah, I just, I don't know. All this stuff was just announced mm-hmm. uh, essentially like today. So, oh, okay. yeah, a lot of this stuff is still, still ongoing and still fluid. But I definitely don't think at his age of eighty two with this announcement that he's gonna be doing any games or anything like that.
0: Yeah. No, I know. I just think that sometimes they they don't want any special treatment or they want to push through it because it helps them distract themselves. But Dickie V dress that's uh it's unbelievable. He's a diaper dandy.
2: Ah uh, man, I mean it's just it breaks my heart hearing that. I didn't even hear that or hear about that. So you know, um prayers go out to Dickie V, but Pat, you and I had a lot of college days watching Dickie V, a lot of college basketball, and we've, you know, uh, tried to reenact some of his things, but that's rough. Flores, real quick on uh, on Garcia. Is he pretty much done now after losing two consecutive fights and losing to nobody? Is his
1: career pretty much gone to the wayside after this? You know what? I would have 100% told you no before the fight. Like, hey, if Mikey Garcia loses, do you think he'll retire? i would have said no absolutely not but after this performance it's like is your heart still in it you know what i mean is it his whole thing is he's gone up in the weight to 147 which it just when when you see this guy failing at 147 you just appreciate manny pacquiao who recently retired and is going to run for president of the philippines you just appreciate that guy so much because it's very very few of these small small guys you know mayweather was a small guy but he was like. 130s small guy i'm talking about the guys that start off 110 120 pounds and that's what mikey garcia is that's what manny pacquiao was and for mikey garcia to go up to 147 and lose these two fights there it just it's like dude are you gonna go back to 140 to 135 and try to restake your glory days there there's a lot of fights to be made a lot of money to be made Vasily Lomachenko, Teofimo Lopez, Devin Haney, Brian Garcia, even all these guys at 130, 135, 140. But it's like, can Mikey, does he have the will to lose the weight to get there? And will he actually perform? So it's, it's a toss up, dude. And I never thought I'd be saying that about Mikey Garcia, as much of a professional as he is, but he hasn't fought a lot as is. So with something like this, it just makes me think even more. He just wants to hang it up.
0: Do you have any follow-up questions, dress, or is that it?
1: No, that is all.
0: <laughs> my, my pain pills have gone away. I'm losing my high. Got to go. <laughs> damn, damn, Flores. Thank you for bringing light to Dig Vital. That's really sad. I'm definitely going to be praying. I, am, I do pray for people, so I will pray for him. Now, that was the 122nd episode. We hope that you all enjoyed it. Uh, we will see you next week. And if you're going to place any bets this weekend, good luck.